0: Well, today we have a really special treat, and uh, I'm so excited. One of the things I I wanted to do a better job of this year is just to put some new voices in front of you as a church. You know, I know that hopefully you like listening to me, but I I can get boring after a while. And uh, every now and then it's just so cool to bring in different voices that are making a difference around our country and around our world. And so today uh, I have a a friend of mine, uh, his name is Pastor Jason Kimbrough and he's gonna come here in just a second, and an amazing man. One of the things you're gonna love about Jason is his transparency, he's real, he's authentic. We connected uh, several years ago, we were both youth pastors and I think just just met and started hanging out and I I just loved his spirit, you know. Uh, Loved how real he was and authentic and I think we just were kinda connected in that way and uh, Jason's from the great state of Arkansas. Any Razorback fans in the house today? Okay, like four more. So, you know, you're well represented, I guess. Uh, hook them, uh, by the way. But um, we're just, we're thrilled to have him. Jason is, is led in so many different facets of, of church ministry. Uh, at one point led one of the largest uh, college ministries in the nation um, and has just done a phenomenal job. Uh, moved to Fayetteville seven years ago uh, and helped lead a, a phenomenal church there. I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about his journey and his story and where he's at in life, but he, he's a great friend, and uh, a lot better looking than me, so why don't you stand on your feet today, come on everybody all over the room, and welcome Jason Kimbrough as he comes to minister to you today, everybody.
1: All right, come on, let's get let's put our hands together for this church, and Jesus, and uh, y'all can be seated, thank you, it's so good to be here, and uh, I love Pastor Dusty and Kendra, I met them a few years ago, I spoke at a camp. I think that's where we initially met. And um, we went to dinner last night and talked for a few hours about everything, church, God, uh, marriage, family, I mean, everything. And uh, just really love this church already. First time I've been here, but just talking to some of the staff, meeting people. It's very apparent that there's such a rich, spiritual heritage in this church, that um, maybe you're new to this church, you just have to know that you stand on the shoulders of so many faithful men and women who have come before you. And that's what the church should be. The church is an organism that grows and whether that's by multiplication, the great commission, uh, raising up mature disciples, like you can tell that in this church God is doing something now but has been doing something for a long, long time. And I just want you to know coming from the from kind of from the outside, you know, coming in and just feeling the rooms and seeing what's going on and meeting different ones of you. I mean, God is doing some amazing things here. So it's pretty amazing. I'm I'm just thankful to be here. I do want to get into the word. If you have a Bible or a Bible app on your phone, you can turn to Matthew seven and then we'll be in Romans twelve a little bit too. And um let's pray before we get into it and let's just open up our hearts to God. Father right now we, we ask that you would illuminate your scriptures. We believe God that your word is alive, it's active, it's not dead. So we ask that you would move in this service and that you would speak through your word. God that there's anything in us that needs to change we open up our hearts to you. And God, we give you all of our problems right now, all of our burdens, all of our worries, our anxieties, our fears, the things in our life that we don't really know when you're gonna show up, how you're gonna show up, if you're gonna show up, we don't we don't have the answers, we don't have solutions, all we see is problems, all the burdens, all the things that we cannot control. We submit them before you right now. We lay them before the cross. And we empty ourselves of ourselves. And just for this moment, God, we just ask that you would speak through your word, that you would encourage us in your word, challenge us, help us, speak life into us. And God, give us moldable, teachable hearts humble hearts that we're just open for whatever you want to do today so we get rid of our distractions and we center ourselves on you the name of jesus our lives for your glory in jesus name and everybody said amen Amen. i want to show you just real quick just because we don't know each other a picture of my family been married for 18 years Beautiful wife Ashley, and um, I'm the big one right there. And um, my wife Ashley, we married 18 years. We we our first year uh, was rocky, uh, but the last 17 have been awesome. And she is just as much in ministry um, as I am, and we connected in ministry. So she was she already had a, a sort of a calling to ministry before we even met. So it's just been a, a really awesome thing over the last 18 years. And then. Uh, we have four kids, the, the biggest one, he's 13, his name's McAllister, we call him Mac, Big Mac, Macaroni, Mac 10, miggity, Mickey, miggity, miggity, Mac, and um, he just broke his foot, so he's like went around the cast, he had to, he had to like, couldn't finish the basketball season, so I think it's almost healed up. Pierce is our uh, 10-year-old, and uh, he's awesome, he is, uh, loves Legos and wants to be an actor and just is really, really fun, and, and then Eve is our daughter, she's very creative, She's very sweet. She is, uh, she's always doing art projects around the house and, and we clean up her messes. And, and then Knox is our favorite right now. I'm sure it'll shift. Uh, but my wife, when we had three kids, she was like, we really need a puppy. I was like, I would rather have another baby than have a dog. And so we had another baby. And now she keeps telling me we need a puppy. I'm like, ah, we're not having another baby. Uh, but Knox is awesome, he'll turn three in May, and it's just kind of a zoo around our house, chaos, but it's fun, we, we have a big family, and uh, probably the lowest point of my life was when I took our minivan to get the windows tinted, and I said, black it out. And it hit me, this is my life, like, wow, it's weird, okay. Uh, Matthew 7, I don't want to, I want to read this scripture, just kind of set this up, and then uh, we'll get into Romans 12 here in a little bit. Matthew 7, in chapters 5 through 7, Jesus is uh, talking about several different topics. He's teaching on several different uh, subjects prayer, fasting, money, uh, worry, divorce, loving your enemies, you know, all the easy stuff. And in, in verses 13 through 14, he says this He said, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. So in other words, Jesus is saying, uh, you're gonna have to walk the road less traveled. So there's a narrow gate, there's a wide gate, there's a narrow path, there's a wide path. Normal people are gonna go the wide path, but not very many go to this path. I want you to go to this path because this path leads to destruction. And it's it's sort of like a fork in the road, a crossroads. And Jesus is describing the natural way, what we're going to gravitate towards is the broad path. And, but, but that's the natural way. But the supernatural way is the narrow path. And if you want to live a, a life, for me, I don't want you to follow the crowds. I want you to go where the real true life is. But he said, but only a few will take the narrow path. In other words, he's saying, you, if you want to follow me, like truly follow me, you cannot be like everybody else. You cannot be normal, right? And let's be honest, if we look around, uh, normal isn't working anyway. Like normal is like you're always tired, no energy, you know what I mean? Normal is like broke, living in debt, you know, like always fearful, right? Anxious. Normal is selfish, you know, just kind of thinking about your, your life, only you, right? Normal is uh, negative, bitter, critical, crabby, cranky, like just uh, the sky's falling and you know there's always problems. And normal is prideful, insecure, like that's normal. Normal is superficial, like a ton of acquaintances, but not, not many, like few true friends, right? That's normal. So normal isn't really what most of us really want Anyways, and Jesus is basically presenting a call to the crowds and saying, don't be like the crowds. I'm literally calling you to the narrow path. I'm calling you to be different. Would you write this down? It's just a statement that sums up this, this message today, this sermon. If you wanna make a difference, you have to be different. If you wanna make a difference, You have to be different. And I just feel like there's a lot of people in the room that wanna make a difference. Like you just don't wanna get to the end of your life and be like, well, I mean, I lived for myself. You know what I mean? Like You want to make a difference for eternity. Like you believe what you're selling. You believe in Jesus, you believe in heaven, you believe in God's power, you believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again and you want everybody to know it. You wanna make a difference. Well, okay, cool, great. You're going to have to be different. That means you want to live a life of power. You want to live a supernatural life. You want to a, leave, leave a legacy, right? Yes. Almost nothing about your life can be normal. You literally have to be different. And that's fun to think about because normal is boring anyway. So if you wanna make a difference, I mean, this is on like almost any area of your life you can think about this. If you're married, if you wanna have a different type of marriage, you know, you're gonna have to do different things. You have to be a different type of spouse. If you, if you wanna make a difference like in your family, if you, those of you that have kids, like you're gonna have to be a different kind of parent. You can't be a normal dad, a normal mom. If you wanna make a difference in your workplace, you cannot be a normal employee, right? If you want to make a difference at your school or on your team, you cannot be normal. You have to be different. God calls us to be different. Let me just tell you something about your pastors. They're not normal. They're not normal. That's why I like them so much. The staff around here, not normal. Not normal. Some of you, not normal, right? because you're, you're, called to make, you're called to make a difference. So before we move any further, I just want to clarify what being different is not, okay? Are we a note-taking church? Is that the way we roll here? Okay, good, that's what I'm used to. I'm a fill-in-the-blanks guy, you know. Uh, so being different does not mean, this is what being different does not mean. It does not mean being perfect. Say, thank goodness. We will continue to make some mistakes. We will always miss the mark. I know that we want to be perfect leaders, perfect spouses, perfect bosses, perfect athletes, perfect employees. Whatever, it, it's just never going to happen. It's never. It's not. It's it's not going to happen. How many of you are uh, like? There's planners and there's go with the flow people. How many of you are go with the flow people? It's just like, hey, life's a party. What do we want to do? Uh, you know. Okay, this is that's my wife. Okay. How many? How many God's people do we have in the house that are planners? Okay, yeah. This is uh, God's holy anointed ones. I want to see, just, just for fun, how many of you actually use a paper planner still? Like you're still stuck in 1981 or whatever? Okay, yeah. Stay close to these people, right? It's just, it's fun. I mean, like, like planners want everything to go their way, right? Like it's like if you're like no no we shouldn't go to that restaurant let's go to this one like no you know like it's hard things things are not going to be perfect life is not going to be perfect we're th- on this side of heaven things are going to go wild they're going to get weird right so being different is not being perfect in fact god's call to be different is not god's call to be perfect because. There is no perfect person. In fact, God can only use imperfect people because it's only in an imperfect vessel that God's perfection can be seen. God's glory, God's manifestation can only flow through weak people. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says this. Paul says, My grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. God's power can be seen They're people that are weak. And this is why when people come and give their testimony, it's powerful. Because you're like, oh, I know that person. Only God, you know. That's it. That's it. So we don't have to pretend anymore that we're something that we're not. We can just be. Okay, being different does not mean being perfect. Being different does not mean being weird. No more weird Christians. Make the t-shirt. We all have that weird Christian friend, right? And if you don't, I'm sorry, God has spoken to you today. It's you. It's you. You're it. It you. (laughs) We don't have to be weird. like. So being different doesn't mean like, yeah, I'm, I'm different, you know. No, your breath stinks. You know, like that's your problem, right? You don't need more Jesus, you need better friends. Like, don't be weird. Like, we don't have to repel people. We don't have to be weird. That's not the different, right? Like, yeah, some of the things we do are weird, but not be weird weird, right? 2 Corinthians 5, Paul says, if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. Like, there are some things that are going to seem weird this life, this radical life that Jesus has called us to. But we don't have to repel people. We don't have to be goofy, right? Also, being different is not being better. It's not being better. Uh, we're trying to lead our kids, we have four kids. I mean, we're trying to lead them and disciple them and raise them up. And so, you know, we don't do everything the way every other parent does things. So, I mean, like if our kids are like, can I get back on the iPad? No. Can I spend the night at my friend's house? No. Can I have the extra bowl of cereal? No. Can I go over to No, 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 no. Why, why, why? Because I'm your daddy. And so, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, why can't we be like every other family? I'm like, we are not like every other family. We're going to be different. But here's what I don't mean. And I have to explain this to them. I'm not saying we're better. We're not better. We're just going to do things differently. Period. It's not going to change. It's only going to get worse. The world's getting crazier. We're going to be different. We're not. I, go. You can go be a part of their family if you want. We're not going to do it that way, right? No, no, no. We are called to be different, but it doesn't mean we're better. We don't need to. We don't need to walk around like we're better just because we're different. Like, oh, I'm spiritual heartland. We're heart reveal. I listen to Waymaker. You know, whatever. You know, that doesn't make us better. You know. <laughs> But there's no doubt that God has called us to be different. First Peter one, Peter says, but now you must be holy in everything that you do. Now a lot of people think that the word holy means perfect or better or so super spiritual. It means to be set apart. So you could read this like this, but now you must be set apart in everything that you do. Just just as God who chose you is set apart. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I'm holy. You must be set apart because I am set apart. God is set apart, not normal. We have been called to be like Jesus. We are set apart. We are different. Our life should look different. If you want to make a difference, you have to be different. Now go to Romans 12. This is the Apostle Paul writing a letter to the church at Rome. Romans 12 verse one and two says this. Therefore I urge you brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in other words, look at how good God has been to us through his son Jesus. As we look at how great his grace is, how amazing his love is for us, what he has done for us, not just the Jew, Before the Gentile, for all people, look at the mercy of God. That he did what no one else could ever do. He took the payment of sin, the weight of sin, so that we wouldn't have to, right? In view of God's mercy towards us, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So, as a response to grace, as a response to God's mercy and his love, that's where we get the power to do the good things that we should do. In other words... How we work, how we do the good works is empowered by the revelation and the knowledge and the experience of God's grace and love. His mercy empowers us to do what we wouldn't normally wanna do. So offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. And we're going to come back to that verse here in a minute. Uh, For a good portion of my life, my dad was a preacher and um, so I knew all the things, knew the right and wrong, knew the rules, you know what I mean? Great parents, but I had to go down my own road, went down the wide road, the broad road that leads to destruction, experienced destruction. Uh, party life, you know, just crazy, just totally out there. Like college, when I was a freshman, in college, I remember praying a prayer like this. I don't remember exactly how it went, but I was just like, so living in sin, and I, I remember praying, God, get me out of this. Somehow, God, get me out of this. A few weeks later, I was arrested, got into some trouble. It woke me up. Kind of a radical change, and then. About a year later, I started to feel the calling to preach and I did not want to preach. I would get visions in my head of preaching to crowds like this. And I, I was introverted, did never never, ever wanted to be a public speaker, Like, so I ran from the call of God for a long time until I finally just gave up I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do because I've seen your mercy in my life. I've seen your grace in my life. I have a peace that, transcends all understanding I have an eternal perspective that you've given me and I'll share it with whoever you want me to but for a while I just walked down that broad path just like everyone else and now ever since that time period of my life where God set me free there, has, there is nothing there is nothing about my life that has been normal it's like every day it's like Holy Spirit what do you want to do every day every year what, what's going on in fact, even recently, three months ago, just to be completely vulnerable, can y'all handle this today? Is it good? Okay, we're, we can be real here? Okay. Three months ago, resigned from our church because I felt like that's what God was leading me to do. We were part of a great church in Arkansas, New Life Church. We we, I, we were on set there 17 years. I mean, I, was, I grew up pretty much in that church. That's where I learned to lead, learned to preach. And we did student ministries for about, 10 years, and then we moved to Fayetteville from the Little Rock area. We planted the campus there for the last seven years. We have a great church there, and we stepped down from a great church because God is doing something in us, and it is scary. People are like, You enjoying your rest? I'm like, Are you kidding me? I'm terrified. I'm doing warfare every day. We're in a battle. And we, we were talking last night at dinner. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. It's kind of scary and kind of exciting all at the same time. There's just nothing about this life with Jesus. If you really want to make a difference, you just got to be different. And I just wonder how many of us in the room are feeling a stirring. For some of you, it's just confirmation that you're where you need to be. You're just like, okay, I'm not crazy. Because that's how I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm vibing with you, Pastor. So it's like confirmation that you're doing the right thing you're on the right path and you need to keep doing it others of you God's stirring something right now the Holy Spirit is stirring something in you and you're like I got to make a change I got to do something I got to lead something I need to I need I need to do something something's happening I want to make more of a difference I want my life to be a sacrifice a living sacrifice I want my life to be dedicated to something eternal I want to make a difference if you want to make a difference you have to be different I want to give you There's three ways, practically, based out of Romans 12, that you can be different. How can we be different? Because it's great to have head knowledge, even better when you apply it to your life. So jot these three things down. How can we be different? Number one, if you're ready, say I'm ready. Ready. Be different in the way you live. Just very simply, be different in the way that you live. Verse two, do not conform. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? So many conformers, just conforming, adapting to the environment, adapting to culture, adapting, just going wherever people tell them to, but but forgetting about the word. Like it's reported that LeBron James spends over a million dollars a year on his body, which is a little bit more than I spend (laughs) ever. In my lifetime, ever. So he trains. You know, he has trainers and diets, and I mean, I don't, I don't know what all involves, but like, that's how, that. But it, he's set apart, right? You, he sees the results. He's, he's different. He does different things. He gets different results. Uh, a few years ago, I was on this diet called the Paleo diet. It was horrible. It's so dumb. Um, and it's where you eat stuff that the cavemen ate, the cave women, the cave people, what the cave people ate. like fresh fruit picked from the tree or something. Like twigs or you know, roasted rabbit. You know, stuff like that. You just eat what was normal and organic or whatever. And and, that, and it's, it's fine, whatever. But like, if the cave people had had cool ranch Doritos, like they would have eaten them. If, if you scooped three scoops of bluebell homemade vanilla ice cream in a bowl and plopped a warm brownie on it and put it in front of the cave people, they would have been like, give me some vanilla. You know, like they would have, that's what they would have done. Like, and we would have obese cave people, you know, like just totally mess up everything. But so we, when I was on this diet or whatever, I would just like, I was like always hungry. Like I was like never satisfied, never satisfied satiated. Like I would just walk around the house. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. You know, my wife's like, what's wrong with you? I'm hungry. And you know, like when I think about this life that we're called to live, it's like the way that we live it should be in such a way where people are hungry for what we have, where they crave the peace that we have. They want to know what's What is different about us? Because they see the difference. They see how we respond to the boss. They see how we treat our mother and our father. They see how we love our kids. They see how we conduct ourselves with character. You know what I mean? Like they they see that, okay, you're not necessarily like everyone else and it should make them hungry for what we have. Matthew five, Jesus says this, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, the value of salt in the ancient world, I mean, like they understood this metaphor. Like it was very valuable. Roman soldiers would receive their wages in salt. The Greeks considered salt to be divine. Like the disciples knew what Jesus was talking about. So... And like, so salt, I mean, just some quality of salt just to make this metaphor stand out. Salt obviously adds flavor. Like you go over to someone's house, they're cooking dinner and it's like real bland. we are like, oh man. You start looking around for the salt, you know what I mean? Because you add a little salt, salt just makes everything a little bit more flavorful. So same thing for us. God's people should add flavor to people's life. Like we should we should add life to life. Like wherever we go, we, we bring we bring the flavor. Salt also preserves life. So it was a preservative, especially back then in the first century, there was, there was no refrigeration, so salt would be used to preserve things like fish. It would also preserve mummies. Um, and so preservation, it prevents decay, it prevents corruption. In the same way we are called to be the salt of the earth, to prevent decay, prevent corruption, to fight injustice, Salt is also a disinfectant, it's a healing agent. It's like when you had a sore throat growing up, your mama probably said, you need to gargle with salt water. Because salt is a healing agent and obviously we're called to be healing agents, to heal people. And what's so sad about sometimes the Christian world is that sometimes it can be the opposite. You know, So many people that have been hurt by churches and abused by Christians that have leveraged the word of God to to abuse for their own benefit. And so we're not called, we're called to be healers. We're called to help people, serve people, be generous to people. So salt is a a disinfectant, it's a healing agent. We're called to be a healing agent to our world. Salt also changes its environment. So like in Arkansas, we just had like three inches of ice, like, People are just falling everywhere in parking lots. <laughs> but salt, you know, you put salt on ice and it melts the ice. You know, salt has the ability to change ice to water, to melt the ice. Um, we're called to set the environment. We're called to set the atmosphere. We don't walk into rooms insecure. We don't walk into rooms fearful. You know, we don't have anything to worry about. We walk into rooms, we bring life to it. We, we add, we're not intimidated. We're called by God. You know what I mean? Like. So we have to be different in the way that we live. Just in every way, we have to be different in the way that we live. What about your life do you need to change in order to be different? Just different in the way that you live. Number two, different in the way that you think. Be different in the way that you think. Verse two, it says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but, say but, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we need less conformers, more transformers. But how do we do that? Well, by renewing our mind. The word transform means to change dramatically. So we have to change our mind, the thoughts. We have to change our thoughts. This is the present passive imperative. In other words, it's uh, we have to keep on being transformed by changing our mind. We continue. So it's not like one time. I had a negative thought one time and I rebuked it and now I'm good. No, it's a it's a battle, isn't it, y'all? We're in it together. I mean, we, we know. It, there's, there's a spiritual war going on in our minds. The Greek verb transformed is seen in our English word metamorphosis, which means a total change from the inside out. So the key to this is to change the mind, the attitudes, the thoughts. And we can change when we change our mind. Uh, the word renew really just means to renovate. So we are transformed, we change our mind, we renovate our minds. Colossians 3, two. it says, set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on the things above. It's set, like when you set a table, you put it into place. We have to put our, our minds into place. We have to put our thought life into place. That means we have to check, it means it can't be passive. I don't know, I don't know, whatever I think, I think. It's like, we can't live like that. We are on offense, you know what I mean? We are intentional. We have to be very, very intentional about setting our minds on the things above, the good things, the things that agree with God's word. If anything contradicts God's word that you think, it's not from God, it's from the enemy. So we set our minds on the things above. We have to have a big faith. We have to think differently. you will make a difference, you have to think differently. Think differently about the way you live. Think differently about your marriage, your kids, your careers, your gifting, your future, everything we have to think differently. Second Corinthians ten five. here's just another scripture for you. Just wanna give you some reference scriptures for this. Paul says we take captive. That word captive here means to lead away and bring under control. We we lead away, we bring under control every thought to make it obedient to Christ. If there's not a thought that obeys scripture, what, what do we have to do? We have to take it captive. That means we have to lead it away. That we have to take it and get it away from our brains. So the Greek word for captive actually comes from the word spear. Think about that. I preached this message before, I actually had a spear. They wouldn't let me bring it on the plane though, so. We spear every thought and we lead it away, we bring it under control. This is the the picture here. If you wanna know how to do warfare with your thoughts, imagine holding a spear and spearing the negative thought, the unbiblical thought, and you pull it away and you replace it with truth. Because John 8, 32 says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth is what sets us free. And so often the way that we're thinking is not true. It's not true of God's heart. It's not true of in God's word. We're literally believing lies from the enemy. So here's how practically this can work. Whenever you have thoughts of fear, some of you that are single, maybe you have thought of fear like I'm never going to find anybody. No one loves me. I'm not lovable. I will never be cherished. I'll never have a companion. You know, or you you have kids. You like My, our kids are they're gonna, they're gonna run away from God? They're not, I'm not doing a good enough job. You know, or just irrational fears. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna cancer. Life is horrible. You know, like so. What you have to do is you have to spear those thoughts. If you can just imagine spearing them and pulling them away and replacing it with truth. So no, 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 I'm not, I'm not gonna be a fearful person. So I spear that, I I bring that out of my life, I bring that under control, and I'm gonna replace it with 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. You may have to do that all day some days, right? Or you start to have feelings of pride, thoughts of pride. Like, man, I got a lot of money in the bank. (laughs) I got a boat. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm the boss where I work. I, I'm kind of a big deal. But then the Holy Spirit checks you. You're like, you have to take that thought, cap. You have to spear that thought. You have to remember that God's given you everything that you have. And that every good and perfect gift comes from heaven above. And that James 4 says that God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. God, I give me a spirit of humility. When you have thoughts of condemnation, because we all deal with that, let's be honest, we've all, if you're like me, you have a past. Some of you may not have a past, but you still have condemnation, like you're just not good enough, you're not, you're not smart enough, you're not spiritual enough, you're not a good enough dad, not a good enough mom, not a good enough husband, not a good enough wife, not a good enough student, not a, you're not smart enough, not funny enough, not have the right personality, You just, just you just think about what you're not. You spear those thoughts of condemnation, you bring them under control, you get them out and you replace it with truth, Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And you meditate on what's true because if you meditate on what's true, you will be free. Period. If you wanna make a difference, you have to be different in the way that you live, but also the way that you think. Let's be transformed by the renovating, the renewing of our mind. We are, we are not passive people. We are active, we are intentional, we are aware of what's going on and we're in a battle. Men in the room, if you have a family, you fight for your family. Let's be aware, let's be active, not passive. And then number three, be different in the way that you dream. Be different in the way that you dream. It's time to dream. Heartland Church, it's time to dream about your future. It's time to dream. It's fun to dream, isn't it? But how we dream makes all the difference. Let's talk about Chick-fil-A for a second. There's no better way to close out the altar call than some waffle fries and spicy chicken sandwich and chicken nuggets, Polynesian sauce. What's great about Chick-fil-A and Christian chicken is not just the food, but it's the service. Like, can I have another Chick-fil-A sauce, please? They're like, here you go. You're like, thank you. You're like, my pleasure. And you're like, all right. You stop it, you know. It's just great service. When you go to other fast food places, and they're like, here you go. You know, it's like, Dude, you need Jesus, man. Like, be more like Chick-fil-A, you know. The problem is, all you can do is dream right now about Chick Fil A because you can't go get it. They're closed because it's the Sabbath. You know, whatever. Verse two at the end says, after you, after you do, the renewing of the mind, and you don't conform, but you be transformed, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. As we refuse to conform to the pattern of culture, the pattern of this world, we will be transformed in our minds and we'll be made more like Christ and we come to desire God's will. We come to dream, when we dream, there's a big old filter of dreaming and that filter is God's will. Like when I start to dream about my future, I start to dream about what God wants for me, not just what I want. Right? So, as we dream, we dream with the filter of God's eternal plan. Because what does it matter where you live or what you do? What really matters is who you are. And what's more important than where you live and God's will and His sovereign will is who you're becoming. And are you walking in God's way? So, as God transforms us, we will for sure. Want to do whatever he wants. And that's where I got to place in my life. I'm like, God, I just want what you want. I mean, right now I don't, I mean, I just want what God wants. What's your five-year plan? Don't (laughs) know. If I knew it, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. God, what do you want from me? I'm down. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. But until God speaks clearly, I'm gonna start dreaming about my future there's going to be a filter of his will. How do you dream about your future? What's your filter for making decisions, living your life? First Peter nine says, but you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So here's my encouragement to you. Don't just dream about your family dream about all the hurting families that don't have what you have, that are lost in darkness, that are discouraged, that are hurting. You know, don't just dream about making money. Dream about making a difference. You know, don't just dream about your kids being successful. Nothing wrong with that. Dream about your kids knowing God and doing what they're called to do with the gifts that God has given them, right? Heartland Church, let's not just dream about us, right? Let's dream about what God wants to do through this amazing church. You know what I mean? Like, God, what are you speaking? What do you want us to do? What about the people that need what we have? How can we be a blessing? How can we be generous? How can we make a difference? Don't just dream about being someone else, comparing yourself to other people. No, dream about who God has gifted you to be, your uniqueness, accept who God's made you to be and own it and walk in it, right? As you dream, we dream about God's will in our life. And I'm so thankful that, you know, Jesus, when he walked this earth, as we we see through the gospels, like he wasn't normal. I mean, Jesus would see someone alone that no one cared about, and He'd walk over to them and hang out with them. And He knew He was gonna receive criticism and judgment for it, and He did it anyway because He didn't care, and we don't need to care either. Jesus was different. The way that Jesus spoke to people, the way that He treated people, the way that He broke cultural norms, the way that He stood for justice, the way that He stood for truth, and the way that He risked His life, I don't want to be normal, I don't, I don't want to, I don't feel called to do that, I don't want the church to be normal, I just feel like we're, we, gotta, we gotta be different, we gotta be radical, we gotta let the Holy Spirit stir us up and let's just love people and serve people and be generous and be intentional and disciple and make a difference. But if you wanna be, if you wanna make a difference, you have to be different. Would you bow your heads? I just wanna pray for you. We're not in a hurry today. Just ask God to speak to you right there in your chair. For a moment, let's act like it's just us and God, you know? Say, God, would you speak to me? Would you, is there anything you would like for me to do? Anything that I need to receive today? At the end of your life, you wanna know that your life was poured out for eternity, for something that actually matters. Let's not be normal dads. Let's not be normal young adults. Let's not be normal teenagers. Let's not be normal grandparents. Let's not be normal wives. Let's let's not be normal employees. Let's not be normal leaders. Let's not be a normal church. Let the Holy Spirit stir you up and give you vision about who God is calling you to be. And all across this room, every head bowed, every eye closed, if this message, if it just is doing something to you and you would like prayer, if it's resonating with you, God's calling you to be different in some way in your life, would you just kind of lift up your hand? I just wanna pray over you, if that's you, just lift up your hand. God, you see every hand. I, I thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit, what you're doing in this service. What a great church, God, to be planted in, to make a difference. And I pray over every person right now that's raising their hand, God, I pray that you would speak to them with clarity, that you would give them boldness and courage to do what they've been called to do. Let them step out. I pray that you would send confirmation in their their lives this week, maybe through your word, maybe through a trusted friend or mentor, maybe through a miracle, maybe through a word of knowledge, whatever it might be, that you would just, a peace that transcends all understanding, that they would just have clarity on what action they're supposed to take and what they're supposed to do. And God, we just pray for all of us. We're all in this journey together. We're all your vessels. We wanna be used by you. We wanna make a difference. In Jesus name, amen.
0: Amen. Come on, can we clap our hands and thank God for that word today. In the first service, I told everybody that message I preached a message like that a long time ago where I talked about the fact that God wants to use the geeks, the freaks, and the uniques. And that's what you are, you are unique in the sight of God. I want you to stand with me all over the room today. Thank you, Pastor Jason, for coming, you know, all the way from Arkansas and leaving your family and your four beautiful kids to be here with us today. We are so grateful for your word today hey i want to thank you for coming and joining us and for being here in person with us today and for those of you that are watching online a couple quick things uh first of all those cards that you have that you filled out today our ushers are going to have buckets here in just a moment uh to give those or you can put those in you can always do that online thank you so much for helping us with that go out to the table today and check out reveal conference lots of ways that you can serve all throughout the weekend to make a difference in a student's life it's going to be amazing this place will be transformed uh, and it'll be great and then if you're a guest with us today go out to our uh, guest central uh, we'd love to meet you and say hi and get to know you better as we get ready for a new month uh, with warmer weather come on everybody are you excited for it awesome we're not uh, taking an offering by passing buckets or anything like that you can give uh, in the boxes that are located in the hallways you can give uh, online most of you do that thank you for just being so faithful in that area if you're a guest with us feel no obligation to give today in fact let this service be our gift to you uh, and if you want to just ask god what to do and do what he says and you'll win every time so i'm going to dismiss you here in just a second our team's going to sing you out but let me just pray for this week and pray for you father in the name of jesus i pray for every single family this week keep them healthy Lord, sustain them, sustain their incomes, sustain their jobs. Lord, I pray right now that you would bless them, bless everything that they put their hands to, their purpose, their businesses. Help them to make a difference, God. And we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, everybody say amen. Amen. We love you, H.C. Have a great week. You're dismissed.